All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And And we have a special guest, Miss Aubrey. Can you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your favorite color, what you like to do? Yeah, yeah. my name is Aubrey. I'm um, actually a fan of Talk It Out. My mom has her own podcast, so I've gotten into the podcast world with her. Um, shout out to her podcast, Real and Raw Podcast. Um, I'm at 24. I'm a single mama. I'm a mixed girl. Um, I'm just a free spirit. Like, love it all. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty much I'm in nursing school right now, so I'm kind of busy mm-hmm. working and being a mom and trying to still be in my 20s and live it up, but kind of kind of crazy right now but i'm excited to be on the pod today <laughs> we're excited to have you Ooh, I, don't, I can't imagine like can we talk about that for a second like sure. our lives are like i'm i'm single i have no children i you know i'm pretty much doing my own thing and even i'm getting stressed out like with my little nothing life i can't imagine being a mother going to school how do you do it um i mean it's just kind of like being able to manage everything, I, I guess it's kind of different, like, from being, like, just having your own life and just being concerned about yourself than having, like, a whole human, mm-hmm. that all of your emotions, all of everything you do in your life, control, like, it's all based off of what decisions you want to make for this other person to provide right. the best life for them, so it's, like, it's stressful because you, it's a lot on your shoulders, because it's, like, if you mess up, it's not just you mess up, you made a mistake, like, you're messing up potentially someone else's life, too, so it's, like, like a lot of pressure, Um, but I think just kind of, like, I have a really good family that is really supportive, Um, so they've, you know, they've always been there for me to help me out, but just, she's my motivation, so I think that just drives me harder to work hard as possible to just give her the best life. Right. My mom did it, I mean, she was pretty when she had me so I think that that and I wasn't even a teenager when I had Denny so I think it's just like my mom can do it I know I can do it so right and shout out to Kels in Real and Raw <laughs> podcast our podcast wifeies uh we're trying to get them on the show too but she doesn't like us so she hasn't come on um <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget uh, about our social... I didn't even shout out our social media. Oh, no. Uh, Facebook.com slash Talk It Out Podcast. Instagram.com slash Talk It Out Podcast. And Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Talk It Out. As well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. All right. So um, let's get into this conversation. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, or we want to talk a little bit, uh, with you, Aubrey, about uh, the the way you identify your identity. You are a mixed child. You have a white mom and a black dad. And a lot of times, you know, we have these conversations on Twitter about what quantifies as black and colorism and all types of stuff. So how do you, Aubrey, how have you in the past and how do you now identify? Do you identify as a, a black woman, as a biracial person, as a mixed person? How do you identify? Um, I identify myself as biracial, and I feel like, as being young, I, obviously my mom, you guys, you know how my mom is, so she has really um, strong feelings about um, diversity, and she's never 
wanted me to really pick a side. She, you know, wants me to love all sides of myself and um, really just like know me as a person. And I don't really feel like I have, um, I don't know, like, I guess I kind of just go back from when I was little. And obviously, my mom's side is very um, conservative, I would say. And then I have my black side is on like, honestly, it's it's not like I come from a black family that's very rich or anything like that. I have a lot of family that's in poverty and, you know, like it's, it's two different worlds from my family. So it's very different. And I just remember like being younger and obviously I'm really close to my dad's side of the family too. My dad's been always in my life. So I've had both, you know, which is an awesome thing, but my, I remember my Nana, which is my dad's mom, she told me when I was younger, and I think that they've always had kind of some controversy just because my dad was so young. My dad was 15 years old, and my mom was 17. And back in that time, like, my mom even told me stories, like, when she tried to take my dad to prom, like, they wouldn't let my dad go to prom because he was black. My grandpa, which, you know, it, it gets kind of deep, but, like, my grandpa didn't talk to my mom the whole time she was pregnant with me. Wow. Because... It, there was a lot of, you know, animosity or I think that's a word, yeah, but a lot of that going on within our families. And then when I was little, <laughs> there was just a lot of things that went on. But um, I remember my Nana telling me, like, you're black. She told me that. She's like, you're black. If people ask you, you're black because you are what, you da- what your dad is. That's what they always told me. Like, you know, and that's how I think society honestly would, I mean, if you're a mixed person both most of my features look like a black girl you know what I mean so society is on they're gonna see me as being black um obviously my white side of the family they just see me as being Aubrey they don't but I feel like it's just so weird because I feel like I'm biracial mm-hmm. I don't feel I am one of one or the other I just feel like I am who I am that's how I feel like I identify myself but in other people's eyes white people too they see me as a black girl nobody would see me as a white girl right which is you know what I mean I I just that's that's just the way it is and I don't I don't see anything wrong with it I don't really care how anyone else looks at me I see myself I'm Aubrey so I don't really care but you know how things are like when I was in middle school and Mm -hmm. my friends I've always had black girlfriends white girlfriends I've always just I've always had like a, a variety of people I hang around I don't know just hang out with white people or just hang out with black people so but even when I was in like middle school you know I even liked a white boy in in middle school and his mom actually told me well told him that he couldn't like me because I was black Mm. like that happened Mm -hmm. in middle school yeah Oh, so, Aubrey, I wanted to ask you do you feel like based on what you said do you feel as if there's some type of like um, biracial erasure uh, or something like that? Like, do you feel as if basically biracial people aren't being recognized and either they got to either be black or they got to be white yeah. or they can be one or the other? Yeah, I do. And I feel like um, we kind of get targeted to, like, because I know, like, even in middle school, I kind of got bullied. Like, the black girls would be really mad because, um, I didn't talk black enough or, um, I mean, or they thought I was trying to be white because of my voice or how I acted or how I carried myself. And 
I've never felt like I've acted a certain way. You know what I mean? And like my my true friends, like I've had the same like group of friends since sixth grade and we're still best friends now and they I mean and the majority of them are black and but I also have like a lot of white friends too. But none of my friends have ever they've just known me as Aubrey. They don't none of my true friends would ever say like she acts white or she acts black like I've just acted myself you know what I mean but there were a lot of those like um, stereotypical things like oh you do this and you act so you act like a white girl and you, you know what I mean like and that I mean it's hard because I, I'm I'm not a person that's like easily influenced so that kind of stuff didn't get to me where I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just start acting more black, you know what I mean? But I could see how, how that could really affect someone, you know, growing up in that type of environment and being bullied and feeling like they have to act a certain way because of their of their race, you know what I mean? Just like how, you know, black girls are, I don't, or white girls, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all of the stigmatisms on that is just so wrong. Like, I just don't know why people just can't be who they are. <laughs> like, why do you, why does someone have to act certain color like how can you act a certain color I don't that like say I'm one or the other I'm mm-hmm. biracial I am who I am but you also I, I mean I've had to deal with being a black girl too so a lot of the um hard things that African-American women have to go through I have to go through that right you know what I mean so I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand like okay I'm a, I'm a mixed girl but all of the oppression that is on black girls, I'm going through that with them. And that that's one of the things with, um, we talk about, you know, the one drop war, which was created like a long time ago, back in the slavery days. There's something how white supremacy is just that powerful. Like you literally have a white parent, but because if society or, you know, white supremacy or whatever perceives you as black, you're going to be treated as black. Like any type of white privilege that you were to receive, it doesn't pass down. Like you're you're black and they're going to treat you as a black woman. And which, of course, nothing wrong with being a black woman, but that's not a part of your entire identity. And you're, right. you're all that oppression that black people are facing, you're going to face it all. Because, you know, any any that's- perception of black is automatically bad and automatically going to be, you know, oppressed. It's interesting. And I think even, like, a lot of my white family doesn't um, really understand that. So when I feel strongly about certain things, they don't really see that because they just, you know what I mean? So they fall, they just fall really uneducated on certain things that, and it's not necessarily even their fault. It's just, it is just the way it is. But they don't understand a lot of the struggles I've had to go through in my life because they don't they don't really consider me as being a black girl. Like, honestly, I don't really think that they see me as that. They just see me as Aubrey and Nick. Yeah. But that's, you know what I mean? They don't understand that I'm going through all those different struggles as a normal black girl would go through. <laughs> I even called my mom one day and told her, like, I, sometimes I'm like, now, like, like, all this stuff that's going on in our world, like, I feel uncomfortable. And I've never really felt, incom- like, uncomfortable as I felt, like, in 2007 to now like I've never felt as uncomfortable to be like surrounded by white people and that's so crazy because I've been you know I've been in a lot of 
my environment, like my whole life. It never felt weird, but like all the stuff that's been going on, like after Trump got president, like all this stuff, I like certain places I don't even feel comfortable anymore. Like when I feel like I'm like the only black girl in an area, I feel very <laughs> and like even going to like a lot of like public events anymore, I feel strange. Like I don't know if it's just because I'm a mom now and like mass shootings and stuff like that, but oh, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of hatred in the world right now, and it's, I don't feel safe because I'm like I said, I'm not going to be considered. They're not going to look at me and say, oh, "Well, she's a white girl." <laughs> They're going to look at me and say, "That's a black girl. That's a black person." You know what I mean? So. I don't know. It's just how I feel. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, the the most. I I think that the best thing that we could possibly do is that people like other like white people who are quote unquote woke, so to speak. Um, I feel like it's our place and our purpose. Like especially if you have black friends, or even if you don't have black friends, like it's still your place. Period. To correct your your white heathens like, throughout the entire world, um, and I feel like if more white people continue to correct their friends and correct their family, correct their whoever they're around who's being racist, sexist, homophobic, so on and so forth, I feel like it could potentially get better, but it's kind of like, for, for me, it feels the same way, like, as a queer woman, like, you can do your best to correct people and educate people as much as possible, but that doesn't mean that they're going to listen. That's true. We try to do it, and then we're called sensitive, and, you know, this, then the other. Yeah, we try to do that, and then people block us on Twitter. And Twitter <laughs> so, like, they don't want it to be educated. <laughs> no, that's, and I think that's really what it is. Like, no shade to any of y'all who are probably listening, trying to figure out if we talking shit about you, but <laughs> you probably don't want to be educated. <laughs> Oh, what a life. That's the problem. Like, I don't, I, it's so ignorant to what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, be open to understanding or at least trying to see why people feel the way they feel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like, I would never, I mean, I have a lot of friends that voted for Trump and but I'm an adult enough to, you know, listen to why you feel that way. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why I feel my way. You know what I mean? I'm not going to not be your friend anymore because you feel that way. You know, we just have different views on things. You know what I mean? But I don't feel like, I just feel like it's ignorant to say, like, it's my way or the highway and that's it. And you're not open to understanding why certain things are the way they are. Even, like, I heard you talking about um, the Black Lives Matter thing. I think Joy was talking about how she had to explain it to someone, like, you know how many times I've had to explain, like, and they just think that, I, I mean, even, like, my own boyfriend, he said, like, I think some people are just taking it too far, and mm-hmm. they'll just use anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just fires me up, because it's just like, no, like, that's, I mean, it's not to get attention or try to say, like, white people don't matter, and that was the whole thing, like, it's not saying that white people don't matter, it's just saying, like, black people are having a voice, and they want to be heard, they want you white people to understand. That is all this is about, is trying to come to a common understanding of why we feel the way we feel, you know what I mean, and right. get along and, and like integrate. We're not trying to continue segregation and, you know, black people and white people. Like, 
we should all be, I mean, the world is insane right now. I don't understand why people are not trying to come together. And speaking of movements, I'm going to segue it. Segue it into yeah. um, what I saw on <laughs> Twitter two weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Um, you know, there was that article with the, what's the comedian, uh, what's his name? Aziz, not, whatever his name is, the, the Indian comedian guy, there was this article about him and a date that went wrong. Um, a girl that he went on a date with, you know, was pretty much talking about the way he treated her on the date, you know, pretty much um, trying to coerce her into having sex when she had explained multiple times and physically removed herself multiple times and pretty much expressed that she didn't want to have sex. And so now there's been this conversation because people have looked at this article and says, well, what that guy did wasn't illegal. So y'all are just becoming too triggered now. Now everything is sexual harassment. And so I, I want to know what, what y'all think. Do you think this Me Too movement has become, I don't know what people are saying, They're now they're just looking for attention. And everything uh-huh. is going to become sexual harassment. And one of these days, you're not even going to be able to look at somebody without them reporting you to HR. What do y'all think about about this sentiment? Um, I mean, I have, different, I have different views. I'm not going to obviously just go with, because I'm a woman, because I definitely have, I have a little brother. Mm-hmm. So some of this does worry me, but... A lot of it, I feel like, because I watched, uh, I showed my mom a video, too, on it, and it, this comedian guy, he was referring us, uh, referring to women as feminazis. Feminazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, first of all, anything that you would compare Hitler, um, I mean, you're comparing women to Hitler, first of all. So, mm-hmm. why, why do men feel that? Because we have a voice, and now we feel, women are feeling with this that they can speak up and I mean it takes one story for you know like the whole thing with the Olympics like it took one voice and now all of these women feel like they can come forward and you know hundred you know it's just crazy right. but I feel like men are getting upset because now it's being recognized globally and it's so huge that a lot of their actions are now frowned upon on and publicly frowned upon and they're being called out on it more so they're feeling like oh well if i I holler at a girl i'm gonna you know go to jail i'm gonna be a sexual harassment no it should be triggering respect like it should be showing you that that is not okay for you to say that to a woman that's okay that's not okay for you to grab a woman's ass like that's not all right and women don't want that we don't want that you know what I mean? And if, if, if men are feeling offended or whatever they're feeling because of it and, oh, we're feminazis and you're going to wink at us. And, you know, there are some, you know, lines, I feel like, where women could take it too far. But I think that in the prime facts that, no, I feel like we are not taking it too far. I feel like you men should learn how to respect women. And if this is causing you know, you respect us and treat us how we should treat it, too bad. <laughs> like, too bad. But that's a good thing. 
that's a good thing that that's moving and the fact that women that have been silenced are being able to come forward and feel like they can you know fight for a, a good cause and you know help other people that have not been able to come forward or that aren't here to come forward you mm-hmm. know what i mean like yeah. that's what we should be about okay team yeah, so I want to say that, and I don't think that this is known enough, but uh, a woman named Tyranna Berg, which is a black woman, founded the hashtag MeToo movement in 2006 at a, as a supportive phrase for uh, women of color who were basically been abused. Black women are obviously always discredited for all of their activism and everything that they do. So I just wanted to put that out there to kind of recognize her for all the work she's done since 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I want to say that, no, I feel like we have not gone too far. I think that we're finally getting to a place where um, women and men and survivors of sexual abuse are um, finally able to come out and I feel like it's okay to talk about these types of issues. Um, I always think of, like, I know you guys have probably seen, um, God, what's it, SVU has a lot to do with sexual abuse and things like that. But, like, I feel like in our society, even though we have television shows and we have things like that that are on the TV and a lot of us actually watch it, we never actually think that it's a reality and that this is something that happens mm-hmm. in everyday life. Uh, the only thing that concerns me really is like I have a 14 year old brother and obviously how society how the rappers like the types of schools, you know to that doesn't you know really give the best role models for how to treat women obviously but I mean me and my mom tried to drill in his head like you know how would you want me to be treated how would you want your you know your niece to be treated but I mean ultimately he's a young kid but the only thing Early, I guess, is if it does get to a point where women would be making up things to, because they know that it's so huge right now that they could, you know, ruin a man's life off of an accusation that wasn't true, but I don't feel like that's, that's enough to say that this is going too far, because I feel like there is so many cases that the mass majority of the cases are relevant like they need to be recognized they need to, like they the men or whoever is doing the harassment they need to be punished they need like, justice for these people but I just feel like women need to take it serious enough to know that you know just because there are a lot of men that are out there doing that that it would never be fair to do or to say that something happened if it didn't you know what I mean because right. there's a lot of women that this happening to that we would never want to lie or to falsely accuse someone of doing something that isn't, isn't true. Right, and I have a I have a nineteen year old brother, and um, you know, I I hear I see a little bit of people saying, you know, what if people are coming up with, you know, making things up, but a lot of what a lot of what I'm seeing is people saying, oh well, this wasn't too bad. It wasn't quote unquote rape. It was just a date gone wrong or something like that. Like there was a story with um, we talked about in our last episode, um, the pastor 
he they had an incident where they were in the car. He forced the girl to pretty much, you know, go down on him for like five minutes. And then he got out the car and was like started crying. But like they were able to flip that around and say, oh, well, it was just two two teenagers or two young adults, you know, kind of feeling, you know, it wasn't a really big deal. And I think I'm kind of starting to see that where it's like instead of saying, "Okay, the man was wrong. Now it's like, well, this is just a part of dating. And if you're a woman, you shouldn't place yourself in these situations where that would happen. And I'm like, it it seems like we don't put any responsibility on the person that's doing the assault. Like, it's always the woman's job to decipher if she's in a good environment. And then it's her job to then not only tell the person no, but to physically, like, punch the dude in the nuts and run away or it wasn't 100% rape or assault. Like, she has to have had, like, a, a, a fight sequence. She had to, like, go Superman on him, or it wasn't real. She wanted it. And, and that's what I don't understand. Like, you can, I mean, I'm going to even tell my daughter, like, even if you get drunk, you know, go on the date with the dude, you know, you're kissing, and then you ever get to a point where you say no, that is it. Anything after you say no that is forced upon you is assault. And that's what people don't understand. Well, she got drunk. Well, she kissed him. They went out. Like, it does not matter. Any point in time where someone, man or woman, says right. no or they are done with that situation, then that is it. And that is, that's not okay to keep. Even if someone says no, they don't want to have sex with you, and you consistently sit there and tell them, well, please, or let's, like, let's just do this. No. That's right. That is assault that is that is forcing yourself onto someone or you know that that doesn't want that that's not okay in any any case that's not all right and that's where i think people are just going like there's not a line like once there's any type of not saying that i want to do that that's it and that should be it and that doesn't like trigger in people's heads that that's that's assault that's not a, that's the problem <laughs> i don't get it and I've been reading and, and looking and a lot of people and this is what we talk about, you know, fearing for your brothers and stuff like this or your younger siblings. They say a lot of this um, not reading the lines and blurred lines. A lot of this kind of has to kind of do with porn culture and, you know, not even in porn, but the way that sex is portrayed in movies and television. Like there's always that scene where the woman is like, oh, no, I really don't want to or no. And like pushing the guy off and then the guy like comes back and continues to kiss on her and touch on her and eventually they end up having sex so it's like they're they're kind of you know desensitizing us into what is right and wrong like what kt we were watching the l even on the l word which is supposed to be like a progressive show they had a scene like that where the woman was like no i'm not having sex with you and then the other woman was like come on come on like you know coercing the girl getting on top of her and stuff like that and eventually they ended up having sex so it's like how are we supposed to be talking about me too hollywood when y'all are still putting out stuff that is that is you know messing with young people who don't know no better it's minds and then they grow up and they start to think it's okay because they saw it on tv and a movie or whatever exactly and then like like the the playing it off like they think like girls want to be chased and kind of like 
playing the cat and mouse game, like, no, I want, I don't want to, but I really do want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like, and women need to know, too. Like, if you say no, then that just needs to be no. Right. You know what I mean? If you say no, and then, you know, you end up letting them do stuff to you, then what do you think is going to happen the next time? And you really need no. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's that's one of the, the issues, though, because when you think about it, society-wise, those women that are, like, women are kind of conditioned to not initiate sex and, and to not be like, oh, sex, 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 or they're, they're thought of as a hoe or a thought. So kind right. of there is, oh. they're kind of conditioned to not be like, oh, let's have sex. They're kind of conditioned to play hard. To, it's like such, when you talk about, there is a lot to unravel because the women are conditioned to not be straightforward and conditioned to not, you know, just hop up on a dude. And they're kind of conditioned to, you know, kind of want to play the cat and mouse game. But what? how do you decipher between if it's a game or not? Like how everybody is just, it's just a myth. It is because then it's like, if, if we give it up, so if you really want to have sex with them and you do it too fast, then you're called easy and you're called all kinds of names. But if you, like, make them wait it out and you say no, like, and then you end up doing it, it's just, like, I don't know. It's really hard. It's really hard. But I just feel like men and women obviously know if someone really does not want you to touch them, really does not want any type of sexual content with you, you know that. And right. men should know not to do period. I feel like you know, I mean, I just feel like you know. You should know. Yeah, you should know. Shoot. KT? I'm just thinking, like, I just think about, because you mentioned marriage, and I just think, I was just thinking, like, even in marriages these days, like, and and beforehand, like, these days, I say, like, we're in the future or something, but, like, even in marriages, I feel like consent still needs to be, like, this huge thing. Because uh, me and my partner, we were actually talking about, like, there there are times when, like, I'm poking her or I am squeezing her or something like that. And she says no. And then, like, that has to be my stopping point. You know, I can't. If she says no, then I should not go forward with what I'm doing. And so I think that... Even in certain situations, like, even simple things like that, that we should still be conscious of other people's space and what they are uh, or want us to do to their own bodies. Because, essentially, it is their body. And we can't tell someone how to deal with their body or how to, to basically rule over their body. So I think it's important that when we're talking about consent, we don't just talk about uh, during sexual times, but we talk about times that are intimate between you and that other person or that are just everyday things, period. Right. Because you have to respect that person's space. Exactly. And you never know what, you know, how someone will take something. Even if you are, like you said, even in a marriage, like, it, you know, it can still feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't want to be touched or you don't want to do something and you feel like you have to or you're forced to or, you know, I feel like you're totally right there. All we can do is educate. I mean, it's it's just so much to tackle and so much going on. All we can do is educate. And, you know, if we do see, 
you know, there's always chances for things going to left. Like there's always chances for people to go to the extreme. I'm sure there's some woman out there saying that, you know, no man should ever look at her in their sexual assault. If we see that, you know, then we address it. But I think this com- this Me Too conversation is still too important to not have for fear of, you know, everything being considered sexual harassment. It's still such an important conversation because a lot of us, like even us, it's still such a difficult and multi-layered thing to talk about. We have to be talking about this thing if we expect there to be any type of change. So it's important. It is. All right. So uh, this last topic we're going to talk about is a little uh, lighter, kind of. It's when I started thinking about it, then I was like, okay, this joint is kind of deep, too. Um, So (laughs) there is a billboard in Memphis, Tennessee, where KT and I are from which was posted by Shelby County Schools, which is the public school um, entity of Memphis. And on this billboard, it had a picture of Yo Gotti, which is a a rapper. I don't know if he sold platinum yet, but he's a real big-time rapper. He signed with Jay-Z and him. Um, it says, um, product of public schools, Yo Gotti, Trezvent High School with this picture on it. Biggest day. And there has been a lot of controversy all over Facebook, all over social media of people. Some people saying, oh, this is great. They're highlighting somebody who did something big and came from a public school and is now making a lot of money. But then you also have some people saying, why are y'all promoting this man who raps about selling drugs and B's and H's and all that stuff? So, um, I want to hear what y'all got, what you guys think. What do you think about this public school system having a picture of Yo Gotti and saying, you know, he's a product of public schools. Go to a public school. Okay. So, uh, I want to say that I feel like it kind of makes an unrealistic standard, um, for black children specifically to make it seem as if like everyone can, if you're going to a public school, school if you're going this way or doing this that uh you're going to get rich and be the head of the everything i mean yeah it's great but at the same time i feel like it just makes an unrealistic standard because we know that black children specifically and black people specifically um have been basically treated like trash all their lives and have been put down on the bottom of the totem pole so regardless if Yo Gotti, quote-unquote, got out, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get rich just like Yo Gotti did. And I, I just feel like, I don't know, it's kind of unrealistic and not... It, yeah. it just doesn't seem and, right. I don't know, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not, I feel like they were trying to come from a good place. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were trying to like speak to those kids and recognize that you know i mean because obviously if they put put a a white man like Mm -hmm. bill gates or someone on there that's not going to be relatable to their lives you know what i mean so i feel like they put on there to make some type of relatable um, i don't know relationship between the children and him but Mm -hmm. like he said a lot of the times that's that's a one in a million chance that that's going to happen to you you know what i mean so I feel like, you know, putting someone on a billboard that has maybe went to college that is from that community mm-hmm. would be more realistic 
than to put a superstar, you know, that, you know what I mean? I, I just, I feel like the same thing with her. But I feel like they were trying to come from a good place, like, you know, big dream, like, this could be you, but he's not really doing what, like, the most honorably, you know, recognizable thing. I don't mm-hmm. feel like that that should be, like, those role models. So right. I just, yeah, I don't know how I feel. Even at the same time, like, I don't think I would put, like, Bill Gates in a white neighborhood for white children. Right, like, I just exactly. feel like that's stupid to do that. I feel like it's so dumb. Like, shouldn't you, instead of investing your money in a billboard that supposedly shows uh, some type of role model for the children, like, shouldn't you, number one, start being a role model for the children, and number <laughs> right. two, shouldn't you be investing that money in something different? Like, shouldn't yeah. you invest it in things that's going to help them throughout school and, and maybe buy them uh, notebooks and pencils and papers and things like that because like I know that schools need that so like I don't understand what the point of that billboard was to begin with. You know what's so I- ironic about it? <laughs> what's so ironic about it is they're saying Yo Gotti a product of public schools what did he do as soon as he's graduated? There was no jobs, nothing for him to do. He had to sell drugs. He sold drugs <laughs> to pay for his music career, which he brags about selling drugs. He brags about selling drugs and eventually makes money. So you're saying your school is so crappy that people have to resort to selling drugs. And with that drug money might be a, a multi-million dollar rapper person. Like it actually looks worse on your school. It's not like this man went, graduated and then automatically, you know, maybe went to college or got a trade or something and worked his way up. No, Y'all get he was so ill prepared for life. He had to resort to selling drugs or y'all did such a bad job in in putting in his mind going to college that he was like, I'm just going to sell drugs. So it's really like, did you really contribute to this man becoming a billionaire? Maybe. I mean, maybe the schools were that bad, but it's like what are I don't know. like, is that the only person you can put on the billboard? They put him on the billboard, and they put the superintendent guy who's doing nothing for Memphis on the billboard. And it's like, it's telling that these are the only people you have on the billboards. Where where are these other people that are investing in the community, that are creating businesses, that are investing in young people's future? Where are these people on the billboard? It's, uh, yeah, it just, but. Yeah. <sighs> You don't want to be you don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, these children are too much into hippity hop and stuff like that. But it's just like, dang, y'all, y'all really pandering here. Of course, the children are going to be like, oh, I can be like Yo Gotti. But don't you want to give them other options like they already know they could potentially become a rapper or a basketball star. But where are those other options that you claim to try to put into these children's mind? Where are the engineers and the you know, the business execs and the lawyers and all those other people. It's <sighs> it's almost as if they're trying to be like you can you can obviously tell like a old per, older person made it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because they're trying to like pander to the younger generation by putting your body on a Like what? Uh, yeah. what? And then what? they took it down the same day they put it up, didn't they? Well probably. I I didn't see the whole thing.
at like three o'clock. That is so embarrassing. So you literally spent all all that money that like yep. he could have said, like you could have spent that money on things for this school for those children to benefit their lives, like realistically. Instead, you spent all of this money on a billboard that you literally took down the same day. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. Memphis for you. That's Shelby County Schools. Um, but yeah, we, we have to do better, y'all. I mean, if that's the only people, like I said, if that's the only person you can put on the billboard, that tells you you have a lot of work to do with Shelby County Schools. So I'm going to need y'all to go back to the drawing board and, and put that money, like KT said, into investing in these children. Like, children, I work in Shelby County Schools. It's a mess. Like, the curriculum, the teachers, everything is a mess. If you really want to do something, get your Gotti to invest some money into these Shelby County schools to make them better so that people don't have to resort to selling drugs and crime in Memphis. So, <sighs> it's a mess. All right, but, um... It was kind of a yeah. lighter topic, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was a little lighter. <laughs> I said, I wonder who decided that. Let's put Yo Gotti on a billboard. Like, <laughs> like hey, somebody in their 40s, like, you know. They should have put 3-6 Mafia. 3-6 Mafia has done of more. All, of all the artists who had to put Yo Gotti, like, you couldn't have chose 3-6 Mafia or LeChat. Le if LeChat Le was on the billboard, I would have been 100% for it. Me too. That would have been the only one LaChat is a Memphis legend. Yo Gotti is a person. Like, no. All right. But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Aubrey, for coming on the show. We really enjoyed you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Or if you want to hit us up. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, uh, let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media. We have a Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast. An Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast and a Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. Use the hashtag Talk It Out Pod for a retweet and listen to us on tiopodcast.com slash episodes as well as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Acast, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. This has been your girl Gabby. And your girl Casey. And Aubrey. Hey. And this has been Talk. It's out. Talk it out.